Episode 46 of the Small Biz Startup Essentials podcast, an interview with branding expert Mike Kim on his new book, You Are the Brand. Don't miss this one. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Small Biz Startup Essentials podcast. The mission of this podcast is to help you turn your dream of having a small business into a reality and to provide you with enough tips and tools so that when you decide it's finally ready and time to launch, you'll be more profitable quicker because you've built a solid foundation for the business. So maybe you're making a later in life pivot and you'd like to retire with purpose and, and live life doing something more meaningful. Well, whatever situation you're in, you're here, glad to have you, welcome. Uh, I hope to provide enough value and helpful content for you so that you'll subscribe and automatically get all the new episodes. So let's dive in. Well, today I'm thrilled to have as a guest uh, someone that I've been following extensively for the past couple of years, have benefited greatly from his blog, the podcast, and group coaching, uh, Mike Kim. And Mike has a new book coming out uh, that I've already pre-purchased a copy, You Are the Brand. And you can purchase the book at youarethebrand.com. Mike, uh, thanks for being with us today. Um, it's such a pleasure to be with you and to all of you who are tuning in. I hope to be of some value to you today. Oh, you always have been for, for me as well. When I first came across your podcast, I was really blown away. I, I binged out. I downloaded all the episodes to my computer, and uh, I, I still have the very first one. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember somebody uh, commenting about your content saying that it was, it was like gold. And that's exactly what I uh, tell my wife when I talk about you. And, and I, refer, I refer to you frequently in my content, by the way. Uh, and I remember somebody that said to you one time, they feel like they owe you money. <laughs> and, and I was like, yes, that's exactly the way I feel. It's so rich. It's so helpful. Uh, and your group, your group coaching was was so right on target. Uh, uh, I, I'm I'm a big fan for sure. And um, thank you for for uh, being on today's show. So tell us about your new book and the path that you took to get to this point. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm so appreciative that you've allowed me to share a little bit about it. Um, I really wrote the book, Tom, because it was the book I wish I had when I started out. You know, you just mentioned on mm -hmm. the intro of the show, people are looking to maybe make a transition in their life, um, pivot their life. And, and uh, you know, I'm in my early 40s now. Um, and when I was in my 30s, I, I was kind of at that fork in the road. I actually came from a ministry background. Uh, I was quite involved in church when I was younger, um, was working on staff at a church for four years as their music director as a large uh, congregation in New England. And I didn't feel like that's what I wanted to do with my life. And you talk about allowing or having the things that define you up until that life be like kind of just thrown into disarray. Um, that's what I experienced. And so, you know, when I was kind of at that fork in the road, 
what I did was I did what a lot of I what a lot of other people do. You know, when they they kind of afford to road, they they read they read books. Right? I go down to the Barnes and Noble and try to look for books and, and that were talking about a career change and reinventing yourself. And I found a few titles, but what I really wanted was the book that helped me understand how the guys who's and ladies whose books that were on the shelf at Barnes and Noble did it. You know, I'm like. I don't want to know just how to change my career. I want to know how to do what you did, which is become an author or share your ideas or become a coach or become a consultant. And so for me, the book was really that I wrote uh, here. You are the brand is really the book that I wish I had. And it was a blueprint based off a lot of the things that I have uh, experienced in my own life, in my own career. I'm um, just kind of making the mistakes that I did. Um, and the things that I've taught over the years in group coaching, and I've seen what's worked and what hasn't. And I, I've always asked myself, why are some people really successful at this thing, sharing their ideas, getting their message heard, while others are really struggling? And I realize it's not about the quality of the ideas only, all things equal. It's not about their expertise or just their message or just their personality. It's the collective identity of all those things. And it's becoming a brand, like you become a personal brand. So the book walks you through the process of doing this, of creating a compelling personal brand to build your business around. Uh, it kind of reveals the curtain, right? It pulls back the curtains on how this weird world of marketing yourself works, right? A lot of people struggle with mm. that. And um, some of the strategies that I've learned along the way, um, which I'm happy to unpack a little bit for us all today. Sure. Uh, I remember your, your how to get more clarity uh, message as well. That was, that was very helpful to me. So if somebody's either, you know, retired or, or thinking about retiring with purpose, as I like to say, you know, what's the best way for them to figure out what skills and experiences, you know, they might be able to turn into a business? Yeah, this is a question that I get um, quite often. And uh I talk about this in the book and, and, and Tom, I, I don't remember where I got this idea. Uh, it just kind of hit me one day. I, I was so frustrated. I just started to write down everything I'd ever done at my jobs. Not just what were on the, not just what was on the job description, like everything else. So sure. Uh, when I was working at a church, like I recruited volunteers and I led, you know, team meetings and I led conferences and hosted conferences. And then I realized I also, um, I also hosted lots of guest experts that came in uh, when I was, uh, you know, to the church, like guest speakers. And uh, I was arranging dinners. And uh, when I worked at my uh, company as the chief marketing officer, uh, not only did I, you know, take care of all the marketing, I was doing setups at live events. We were doing open houses and uh, booths at different conventions, trying to recruit teachers. And, Tom, I just wrote this really extensive list of things. Uh, in the book, I only share about five or six examples. But in reality, I, I wrote down all these things. And then I took a pen and I crossed out the end of every sentence. And it looked at me, you know, the page looked back at me and said, I recruited. I led meetings. I, um, you know, hosted guests. I set up booths. I uh, sold from the stage. And all of these skills looked right back at me and I realized I had more soft skills than I realized. And um, 
when I looked at that, when I look at someone who's in corporate or in mid-management and has spent a lot of their career there, it's not just the things that you're responsible for. It's how you rally people. It's how you cast vision. It's how you deal with um, work situations. It's how you put out fires at work. All of that matters. And if you take that into a coaching business or consulting business or just sharing your ideas through a book, there's a lot that the everyday person knows. And that's what I would say. Mm. We, we know way more than we think. It's just that we tend to define it through our job description or through the lens of the company or organization that we're working for. Yeah, good stuff. Excellent. I, I remember you sharing that example before. So what's the difference between uh, the how-topreneur and the ideapreneur? Yeah, so one of the things that I talk about uh, in, in the book in, in a little bit more in depth is that there are really two types of personal brands. There are two types of people who are in the expert space. The first is a how-topreneur. And a how-topreneur just simply fixes a problem. You define, he or she defines a problem and fixes it for people. Like it's, it's very, very clear like what they do. I am a how-topreneur. I teach people how to improve their marketing, right? Um, an ideapreneur is someone who has a particular message or perspective or philosophy that they're trying to spread. So both of these have very distinct advantages and disadvantages, right? The how-topreneur, I don't have a clarity problem. People know what I do. They, they have, it's like a plumber, you know, like I don't really need a philosophy on plumbing. I just need you to make sure my sink doesn't keep overflowing, right? Um, so I have clarity, but I also have a lot of competition as a how-topreneur. There are a lot of people who do teach marketing. There are a lot of people who fix sinks. Right. So what makes us stand out is the quality of our work and it's our personal brand. But as an ideapreneur, I'm not even an ideapreneur isn't even necessarily trying to fix a problem. They're just trying to raise awareness of something. Right. These are the people that go on to TED Talks. If you've ever watched a TED Talk, very few of them actually teach you how to do something. They're more right. philosophizing. You know, I, don't, I think I just made up a word. They're just more promulgating a philosophy and trying to get an idea to spread. And I think the reason I made this distinction is because I've seen so many people over the years try to build their business the wrong way. An ideapreneur has that message, but their journey is much longer. Uh, I talk a little bit about Brene Brown, uh, who many people know as an author, a very accomplished author and speaker. What most folks don't realize is she was a professor and a researcher for the majority of her career. She's an ideapreneur all the way. And when she talks about daring greatly or breaking shame off of your life, she actually doesn't teach you, well, step one, do this. Step two, do that. Step three, do this. She shared a perspective on it. She happened to do it at a TED conference, TEDx, and the idea spread like wildfire. But it took her years to do that because she's not a how-to person. She's spreading an idea. So that's really a distinction. And where I see a lot of people kind of get tripped up is that they are ideapreneurs who are trying to build their business like a how-topreneur, 
or they're a how-to-preneur trying to build their business like an ideapreneur. And that's where it can get really, really frustrating for people. Right. So it's it seems like the ideapreneur is is more of a mindset sort of person, right? Yeah. It's it's really it's really that they're sharing some sort of perspective. They're not even really trying to change people all the time. Like some of them are, but they're really just trying to bring awareness, if you will. Right. We have a lot of this. The word awareness is getting thrown around a lot in society right now. People are trying to bring awareness to different types of, you know, whether it's hate crimes or different political views or whatever it is. But are they really trying to change anything? You know, it's they're just really trying to raise awareness Um, in 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 Brene Brown's case. She went to go speak at this TED event. A TED talks 20 minutes, right, At, at most 12 minutes. And all she was trying to do was to get people comfortable with the idea of vulnerability. And the TED talk went wild, right? But nowhere in that speech does she say, number one, identify how you are feeling afraid of becoming vulnerable. Number two, there's no Mm -hmm. lock plotted path. It's really, she's just really Mm -hmm. promulgating this perspective. Sure, but but it's okay to be uh, a how-to-preneur, but still blend in a little bit of that mindset perspective, Yes, right? absolutely. And that's where a lot of your personal stories come into play. So mm-hmm. as a marketing guy, myself, as a how-to-preneur, I have a point of view on marketing. But ultimately, what people pay me for is to fix that problem. It's to either teach them mm-hmm. something or to fix it for them. An ideapreneur, I mean, you and I could sit here and call up Brene Brown and you know pay her for her time. I don't know what we would pay her for. <laughs> we pay her for, to have a conversation, right? We pay her to give a speech to our audience. But she, at the end of the day, you and I might walk away a little bit inspired to live more openly and and daringly. But at the end of the day, we don't really have a concrete deliverable from her. We don't have something that we can tangibly say like, look, I didn't have this before I talked to her. I now have this. Hmm. And that's really where the distinction is. Yeah. Right, right. So in the internet crowd that we're all in here, you know, how does somebody really stand out uh, among the crowd and to really develop your own uh, personal brand voice? Uh, I think it really has to do with number one, having a point of view. And I know that sounds a little strange, but I used to say it was, it was just tell your story. A lot of marketing people will say, tell your story. And what I found over the years time was that, people struggle telling their story because they don't really have a point of view yet. So where I start with, with is what I call the PB three. And I ask people three simple questions. Uh, I'm from New Jersey originally. So I have a little bit of a saltier, right. A personality, but I ask people what pisses you off. Number two, what breaks your heart? And number three, what's the big problem you're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. And if you can answer those questions, honestly, from the core in regard to the kind of business you're looking to build or the ideas that you want to share, you now have a point of view. When it comes to marketing, one of the things that really 
you know, pisses me off is that there are really good people out there. Great people who have a lot of expertise and they get looked over and they get passed over simply because they aren't as good at marketing as everybody else. That the, 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 the slimy guys win because they're willing to do those things, right? That ticks me off. And what breaks my heart is that these people who have really good ideas, actual life experience, real life skills, they get passed over and they feel less of themselves. And the people who they mm. can impact aren't impacted because they don't know how to share their ideas in today's marketplace. They don't know how to get word out about what they know and what they do. So the big problem I'm trying to solve is to help those people. I don't want the shysters of the world. I don't want the people who are doing sleazy black hat tactics to get their message out there. I want to help people I truly believe in, and not just in their message, but in who they are. And so right there, I have a point of view, right? That the good guys should win, that they shouldn't get looked over simply because they aren't willing to do you know, weird things online like a lot of other people are. And that's the basis for my point of view when it comes to marketing. Um, we have points of views on a lot of different issues. And so those three questions I found can really help us if we dig deep enough um, to find what drives us. You know, it's, it's so funny. I, let me give you another example. I think this is really, really powerful. Um, I have a friend named Dwayne Zingale. And Dwayne, in my opinion, does one of the most boring soul sucking things in marketing. <laughs> he builds funnels and puts together all the technology. Like I pulled my hair out, right? I mm. thank God for guys like Dwayne. Right? Mm. And right. for, for most of his career, he's just told people I build funnels. I, you know, he, he's used cliche language. Like, you know, I, I basically help you, you know, clean up your digital integration so that you can focus on your business. Okay. That's great. But once I started to work with him through these three questions, where all of this really stemmed from, he really believes in listening to customers. He hates just automating everything and hiding behind technology to automate everything. And I kept asking him, I kept probing him. I was like, Dwayne, where did this come from? Like, where, why do you feel like it's so important to listen to people? And we just kept digging and digging. And Tommy finally said, you know, it really pisses me off that people don't feel heard, that they're just yelled at all the time. And they're not ever understood no one takes the time to really get to know them i was like where does that come from <laughs> we just kept digging digging i, I felt like tony robbins or something some some mm. sort of counselor mm. or psychologist and he blurts out about 15 minutes into our conversation you know I, I asked him when was the time that you didn't feel heard in your life and he goes you know when i was like four years old my dad went to prison for a couple of years and i didn't have anyone to talk to i was an only child no one really listened to me. There was no one to really kind of hear me out. And man, I tell you what, I had goosebumps all over my arms. It was just, that's where it stems from. That's where that comes from, that desire to help people feel heard. So during those really formative years of his life, Dwayne was going to other organizations, social settings, church, school, friends, you name it always looking for someone to hear him out, to get to know him. Now, if he said that on a stage, speaking at a marketing conference, people would have goosebumps on their arms. Hmm. And it would almost sound like a motivational TED talk 
And yet he's the guy who builds funnels and does digital integration. That's what makes him stand out. It's that point of view wrapped in a personal story that really makes him stand out. So that's a long explanation, but hopefully I've given some examples there where we can understand the power of owning our personal stories, our experiences, and our point of view. That's, that's really how you stand out in this world today. Right. And here's a really good guy that could go easily overlooked because he didn't have the marketing and promotional techniques in place to really make him stand out, right? Yeah. No one's going to forget that. Uh, he, he says that they're going to love what he teaches from a funnel building standpoint. But mm -hmm. after he comes off the stage and there's a break, people are going to find him in the hallway and say, that story, I almost cried. And whenever I've shared my own stories, like that's what people have said to me. Hey, the marketing information was great, but that story about, you know, your mom and, uh, and this is one of the stories that I tell, they always get back to me. They, they always respond to that. Um, and, and that's the thing. People respond to stories. I always tell people when, mm -hmm. when it comes to stories, be specific enough to be believable, but universal enough to be relevant. And what I mean by that mm -hmm. is even in Dwayne's story, you know, I kind of shared, you know, how old he was when his dad went away to prison. I, I gave those specifics and that lends a lot of credence to the story. There are specific details, but the universal concept of wanting to feel heard and listened mm -hmm. to is everyone can identify with that. And that's really how you stand out. Right. And I recommend, I'm sure you're f very familiar with, you know, story brand uh, book and uh, things like that, that lead you through the process of the structure of a story and effective elements of a story. And I, I touch on that as well in, in my content. Um, you know, also, I, I know Ray Edwards talks about a, a little bit about this as well. And, you know, how, how to write copy that sells. Um, so, right, using your, your personal story, but knowing how to present your story, knowing how to structure your story is also very important as well. And I think that's, it's really all, all overall part of the marketing process. So it's sort of like it or not, you, you need to promote yourself and uh, using your story is, is a good way to, uh, to promote yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Mike, getting back to the, the book, was this book... Uh, part of your original plan or did you sort of uh, develop and, and evolve into um, writing a book? Well, there's a funny story. I signed this book deal five years ago <laughs> and wow. I never wrote the book. Um, wow. Yeah, I signed the book deal five years ago back in 2016. Um, I signed it in January 2016 and then my personal life went completely sideways uh, about a month later. Uh, so at that time, I'd been married for about 10 years, and we were one year into our new home uh, just outside of New York City. This is where, you know, we were supposed to have our family and, and all that big four-bedroom house, and, you know, life looked like it was on the up and up, and my business was growing. I just signed this book deal, and then um, our marriage went sideways, you know, and uh, you know, long story short... Um, you know, we're still friends, <laughs> my, my ex-wife and I. We didn't make it in the marriage. I uh, just talked to her the other day, actually. We check up on each other once in a while, you know, every, every just to make sure everyone's alive, you know. 
Um, but there were some things that happened um, that, you know, caused us not to, to, to make it through the marriage. And so I was just thrown for a loop. I was devastated. Uh, there was just so much going on. And I didn't have, honestly, Tom, I didn't have the creative bandwidth to work on a book. Uh, I was, I was, you know, just, they say, um, you know, one of the things that's really good for you when you go through something that seismic in life is that you can go to work and turn off your brain for eight hours. Uh, but <laughs> when you work for yourself, you have too much time for yourself. And that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I had no restraints on my time and I was mm -hmm. devastated. I spent all my time and energy trying to, trying to save this marriage and, you know, go to therapy and counseling for, for both of us and all that. And I fought hard. Um, we just didn't make it. And I didn't have any energy for anything else, to be honest. So the book, this framework in the book was probably about 95% built by that time. Uh, actually, yeah, wow. in, in, um, in my experience uh, in working on my side hustle and in some of the, with some of the coaching clients that I had at the time, um, I had most of this framework built. Now the content and the stories and how I explain and teach the framework that grew over time, but I actually still have the recording on my iPhone because one day I was driving to work and I just had this download. I just, in my mind, I just started recording and you can hear me talking through the steps in the framework. And I'm like, I'm just trying to make sense of this logically. You know, this, you know, this is what I started with. I need to have a personal story. I need to put it on a platform and I need to figure out my positioning. And I'm actually going to put that recording. I, I've actually put that recording on my podcast, uh, you know, in one of the episodes mm -hmm. uh, that I recorded here uh, during the launch. Um, to just show people like, and I've screenshotted it, you know, Apple doesn't lie. My iPhone doesn't lie. You can see the timestamp mm. on when I recorded this seven years ago. Mm. So this framework had sort of hit me. I wrestled with it for two years. I would say that I didn't develop it. I would more say that it found me or I found it. And then I was going to put this into a book. I signed the book deal with my publisher um, and Several of the folks who work there are friends of mine. And I just said, look, my life's a complete mess. And, you know, saving our marriage is, or doing what I can to save it has my, is my only priority right now. And um, five years passed, you know, five years passed. And mm -hmm. I didn't write the book. I had bits and pieces of it through creating my podcast and creating, you know, my content and writing blog posts. And when the quarantines hit, because of COVID, I said to myself, this has to be the year that I write the book because otherwise I'll never do it. And I really felt like it was a way of closing a chapter in my life and opening a new one because the book really uh, led me to revisit those early years of my business. And because of that, it was very emotional. It was actually very hard to write. Um, I remembered when I was still married, you know, these were the years that, you know, we were still together. So it dug up a lot of old feelings. Um, but I'm really glad I have it now. And yeah, you know, thank you for letting me share that story. Mm -hmm. And for mm -hmm. those of you mm -hmm. listening, I mean, you're hearing my story right now, but whatever you're living through right now is the story that you're going to one day tell to other people. I just happen to be on the other side of my story. And that is what 
um, people resonate with. So I think so much of the time, this is one of the concepts I share in the book, we overestimate perfection and we underestimate connection. When in reality, it's the other way around. We want connection. We don't want perfect. We don't want, you know, everything. Or we like. I, we don't want Superman. <laughs> we want someone we can identify yeah. with. And so that's really where this book was born from. Good. And I think trying to be that Superman might actually hurt your brand, uh, from my perspective anyway, right? Because it sort of comes across as fake or fabricated, right? Yeah, I mean, if you if you are okay, so there there's a couple of ways to look at that. I tell people if you're not a fake or if you're not an overblown arrogant narcissist, then yes, you should be real. But if you're an overblown mm -hmm. arrogant narcissist and that's who you really are, they're going to present themselves mm -hmm. as perfect because they actually believe they're perfect. They really do, mm -hmm. right? So, um, for those of us who have sort of a healthier emotional state, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. be real, be honest. Um, you know, right now at the time of you and I talking, I'm in the middle of prepping everything for the book launch. And on my podcast, I told my listeners, hey, for the next 10 weeks, I'm just going to record an episode every week. And I'm going to tell you what I'm doing every step of the way. And, mm -hmm. you know, an episode came out uh, earlier today. And when I recorded it, I had plans to do an event in California at, in Napa Valley. And that got canceled the next day. So now they're going to hear me on the next podcast episode. Well, yeah, remember how I talked about that? Yeah, that got canceled. And that keeps it real because I think people do feel like mm -hmm. Mike just must have everything put together. I really don't. I really, I have some things mm -hmm. put together. I've figured some things out, but I'm a regular person like everybody else. I'm a business owner just like everybody else. Right. And, and you know, I've always seen you as somebody that, uh, you know, you're, you're ahead of us, but you're uh, in in guiding us through the personal brand building process, but, but you're also standing next to us as well, you know, and, and you're, you're right beside us uh, somehow, <laughs> but um, um, Mike, we're sort of coming to the end of our, of our time. Uh, one last question. Uh, do you have another book in, in the back of your head uh, in the work somewhere? I do. Um, it would be a different book. Uh, because I'd be writing it with a friend of mine. I actually, for the last several years, I, I mentioned earlier that uh, I spent a considerable amount of time in ministry. And over the last three or four years, uh, I, I made a friend named Mary Valoni, and we started a separate company just teaching fundraising. Mary's a fundraising consultant. And so we kind of were like peanut butter and jelly when we met. The peanut butter, you know, is is her and her fundraising skills and working with nonprofits and ministries. And then when we met, um, you know, I had the marketing background. So we're like a great complement to each other. We're a great team. And over the years, we started this company called Fully Funded Global to help nonprofits and ministries get fully funded. And that would be the next book. We have a framework that we've taught for four years. We have testimonials. Mm. It's worked. It's clearly working for a lot of people. And we want to get these ideas out to a broader audience. And I think what I would hope that people pick up on, Tom, is that I really do take the time to make sure that what I'm teaching works. And then I do it with real mm. people and that I get honest, real feedback of what makes sense and what doesn't. 
I've made lots of changes to the brand new blueprint framework that I talked about in You Are the Brand um, numerous times over the years. And likewise with Mary. And so we are really going to turn our attention to writing this book together um, mm -hmm. this year. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of these guys, I don't want to write a ton of books. I just want to write a couple of really high impact, meaningful books. And that's what mm -hmm. I'm looking at. Now, if you were asking me, what about marketing? Is Are there some other books that you could write about marketing? Probably. I, I still have a lot of stuff that's on the cutting room floor from this book uh, that I thought mm -hmm. were good ideas. But again, I just wait. And if I start teaching something new in my business and teaching things to um, my audience and I'm finding what's working, uh, then I just kind of let it come to me. But I just take it step by step. And I know that uh, working in the nonprofit realm really has uh, a, a good impact on on you know making your mark in society and in the world and and you know living with purpose. Uh, I've had a few years uh, helping a nonprofit as well with uh, installing water wells uh, over in India and Africa, things like that. So I, I know that working with with uh, nonprofits can be really meaningful for sure. Well, Mike, thanks for your time today for being on the show for sharing your expertise and your, your vision, your, your values. It's, it's, uh, it's really uh, good to see that your first, first book is out. Look forward to book number two. Uh, I know <laughs> it might, might be a little while, but, uh, but uh, uh, I'm a huge fan of your work and, and have been following you for quite some time. So thanks for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. And all the details are at youarethebrandbook.com and it'll be up there forever. So thank you for allowing me to share um, with you, Tom, today. And for those of you who are tuning in, thank you for your time. So folks, that's what we have for today. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, feel free to uh, go to my resources page if you're looking for more resources for getting your small business uh, launched is tomclaremont.com slash resources. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss any uh, episodes. And I always like to end by saying, uh, stay encouraged, follow your dream, and don't give up.